Here's a question for you. What is retirement going to look like for you? Many times I find that people haven't really given it a lot of thought. They just know that they want to stop working one day. So on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the ways that we see people spend their time when they're no longer restricted by the obligations of a full-time job. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome into My Retirement Clarity. We're talking about the retirement that you're living for today. What are you What are you working for? What goal do you have? What motivation do you have for retirement? It's important that you know that and you think about that if you haven't already. So to help you do that, maybe to provide a little inspiration, we want to talk about some of the various motivations that Lee sees from people that he works with and, and how, as a financial advisor, he can help you accomplish what you set out to do and what goals you have for retirement. So Lee, welcome in. How's it going? Good, man. This is going to be a fun show today because the longer I do this, the more I learn that retirement is certainly not a, a one-size-fits-all proposition, and everybody's really got a, a different view of what, what it looks like for them. So should be a lot of fun. I was kind of wondering, you know, you've been doing this for a little while. you got some quite a bit of experience in this world. Do you ever get surprised by someone that comes in and, and, and tells you what they're, they're working towards? You know, I, I don't think, I think at this point I've, I've heard as much as I think maybe I'll hear, but who knows? Okay. I mean, a few years ago, I had met with somebody that told me they were going to retire and, and live in an RV full time, which is not that out of the ordinary nowadays. This was probably eight or 10 years ago, and they, they were going to pack up and live in every state for one month. And then after about four years or so, they were going to figure out where they were going to settle down full time. So that, that huh. was kind of a, a different situation. No kids involved there. So that makes that the logistics of that a whole lot easier than it would for a lot of people. Yeah, very cool. Well, we're going to talk about those motivations today. We're going to put this podcast up online at myretirementclarity.com. That is also where you can see all of our podcasts. There's interviews with Lee on there. You can schedule a meeting. There's a lot of information on the site, but the easiest way to get in touch with Lee and sit down with him is just to go to talkwithlee.com. Very simple, very easy, talkwithlee.com, and you'll be able to get your meeting set up and ready to go. So listen, everyone has a different reason, as we talked about, goals, something they want to accomplish in retirement. So let's go through these different motivations you've seen, Lee, and, and maybe you have a story or two with these, if, and you can kind of help us understand how you help people accomplish that. But the first one that I think is important for, for many, many people is just having that, that chance to spend more time with family, right? You get done with work and you finally have that opportunity to actually spend quality time. Yep. I, I probably see this more than any of the other ones that we're going to talk about here today. And I think as people get older, time becomes more important to people than money does. Uh, simply because you know, we can always make more money or you can earn more money or, you know, or things like that. But our time is, it's a finite period of time that we have. It's limited. We don't know how long we're going to be here. And so as people start to you know, say, hey, I get my seventh, you know, late sixties and seventies and eighties. They know their their time is running out, and so it's more important. They want to they want to spend more time with their kids, and they want to watch their grandkids grow up. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of clients that spend time traveling, um, and I've got people that 
that have moved closer to where their kids and grandkids are just because they want that time with them. Now, this can be a challenge if kids move around and they're, they're sort of job hopping from state to state. So I've had people where this, this is a concern for them. So my clients will move to where the kids are, but they don't buy a house. They, they rent somewhere so that when the kids choose to move again, they can, they can jump up and go with them. So yeah, that, that family time is becoming really, really important. But I would say it's not really just with kids and grandkids. People are wanting to spend more time with their parents, their elderly parents too. Now, some of it is, you know, quality time because they want to continue to do things with it. But lots of times, uh, unfortunately, it's to, to be there to be the primary caregiver for, for an aging parent. So yeah, that, that time is definitely uh, becomes more valuable than, than many other things for a lot of people. How about uh, that opportunity in that next chapter to actually start spending the money that you earned, right? I mean, you, you got that chance, you probably have an idea of, of, of stuff that you want to buy, maybe a house, maybe a car, maybe whatever it is. But for a lot of people, they're working towards retirement and that opportunity to actually spend freely, right? Yeah, two things you just mentioned, house or, and car are a couple of things I'll kind of reference here. Uh, there are people that do want to splurge. Recently, I met with a a client of mine. Now they've been retired about three years. So this is sort of a little bit of a wild hair for them. Um, they wanted to buy a, a certain type of Porsche. And I don't, I'd never even heard of this type of Porsche before, but we, we pulled it up on the TV in the conference room and it, it's a very nice car. Hmm. I think used, it was, I mean, they're looking at a used one. It's going to be about 80 grand. So it's a very expensive car, but they've got the money for it. And they were just kind of looking for permission from me to, to buy it. And I was like, sure, you got the money, do it. A couple of years ago, I had a client who bought a, one of the expensive Tesla models. Um, and he, that was just kind of something he always wanted to do. I would say more than vehicles. I've seen more clients in the last couple of years buy second homes. Uh, and certainly this is a, this is a real splurge, you know, whether it's a a, a cabin in the mountains or or a condo at the beach. The, the second home for a lot of these people has been, turns out to be a great meeting place for family get together. So we kind of go back to that first thing with spending time with family. So that's been really cool. Um, and, and I would say probably the third large splurge that I've seen would be, I've had a couple of clients who've put in pools in the last few, few years. And, and again, this is Mainly for them, of course, but they also use them to attract their grandkids to their house. Um, my kids still go to my parents' pool today, even though, you know, as they're older, son's 18, daughter's 14. It's not as cool to go to grandmama and papa's house the way it was when they were seven or, or eight years old. Um, but hey, my parents have a pool and they live 10 minutes from us. So that makes it really good. So yeah, the, the buying stuff is something that people want to do, but sometimes I do have to give people, uh, they're looking for that permission from me. And, I, and I'll do the math and let them know if I think it's a, a wise purchase. Kind of along those same lines, though, like the spending money, I'm sure you see people a lot that want to travel. That's That that seems to be kind of the, I won't call it the cliche, but one of the, the top, I guess, goals for people in retirement is to be able to see parts of the country or parts of the world they never saw before. So Big travel plans is often a, a pretty common motivation, right? Absolutely. This is one of the, the big things that a lot of people want to do. Even though some of them don't have a specific thing as we're kind of going through the pre-retirement thing, what are you going to do in retirement? I'd say maybe 20% of people have a, a destination place they want to go to. The other 80% don't have somewhere picked out. They just know they want to travel more. I mean, we did a whole podcast about this 
several months ago uh, when I interviewed Susan and Larry Johnson, and they are clients of mine who have spent, you know, I, I think the episode was about uh, just how well they have done retirement, um, and they like to travel. They're good traveling folks. But I'd say a lot of people do have the bucket list place they'd want to visit. Uh, my encouragement to people here when we're talking about this is is do some of these bigger bigger trips while you're still young enough and healthy enough to do it because there's going to become a time where you're not going to have the health to take an eight-hour flight or you're not going to want to do some of the walking that's that's involved on some of these trips. Just last week, I was talking with somebody that telling me they went to Hawaii eight years ago and they they did some hiking and some lava tours uh, and they cert- they said they couldn't do it now because their ankles hurt. And when you're walking on that hardened lava, it, it doesn't, you know, they said they couldn't do it. So make sure you do those big trips while you're young enough and, and healthy enough to enjoy it. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes. And I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 474747. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 474747, and we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Some people don't want to travel, though, Lee. They want to they want to stay closer to home. And, and kind of tying into that first one about family is, you know, there are a lot of, lot of uh, retirees that want to help their grandkids with college, with expenses that are rising up. They don't want their, their grandchildren to have to be burdened with that debt. That's often something that people are trying to work towards. Yeah, I've really seen this a lot probably in the last year. And I don't know if the whole COVID thing had anything to do with this. Um, But I went to a conference about a month ago and John Maxwell spoke. uh, And he's a a great, well-known, internationally known speaker. But one of the things that he said, a quote, and I wrote it down in in my book that I had there, he said, start giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. And, and I agree with that. So give yourself the satisfaction of seeing people enjoy the money, whether that's your kids or your grandkids or whoever it is. Uh, talking about college, obviously, there's several ways to fund college for, for grandkids, and it can be a 529, certain types of life insurance policies, or just give money to them directly. So there are ways to help them with college. And I have grandparents that help you know, pay for uh, their their children's private school, you know, tuition as well. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be just college. It can certainly be to to do help them buy other things like a a car or a you know their their first house or even start a, a business. I've got several clients who've given their grandkids seed money for a business, an entrepreneurial idea that they have. Um, not something that's going to jeopardize them, you know, financially in, in their own thing. You got to make sure that if you're doing any of these things, you got to make sure that you don't put your own livelihood in jeopardy. And sometimes that is a that's a fine line we have to walk because we'll do anything for our kids 
and, and our and our grandkids. But certainly, you know, somebody is going to get your money when you pass away. So why not start giving away some of this while you're living so you can see them enjoy it? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that that is pretty cool opportunity to kind of leave a legacy uh, while you're living, right? Really help somebody out. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes that's what a lot of retirees want to do. For those that maybe don't want to spend uh, all their time with family, or maybe they have a small family, or maybe they've already helped their family and still have uh, money left over that they want to try to make an impact with, oftentimes people turn to charities, and funding charities is, is something that you see from your clients, right? Yeah, we really see a lot of this. Um, and, and I think a lot of people just become more charitable-minded when they retire, and that's probably just because they've got more time and, and more more ability to have that freedom to to go and and serve charities or 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 do something like that. But I think for a, a lot of folks right when they retire, maybe the charity is not on their mind because there's there may be some uncertainty about cash flow right at the onset of retirement. Uh and that's certainly natural, but after a while, once they figure out cash flow and know how much money they're spending versus what's coming in, people many times find themselves engaging with a certain charity that they like and and they want to pour time, money, and energy into that charity. And so that's a a great thing. We do see a lot of that here in the office. There are some creative ways that you can contribute to charities that actually help you from a a tax standpoint, um, just beyond the normal. Uh, QCDs, uh, which many of our listeners have, have heard of that, it's called Qualified Charitable Distribution. That's one good strategy that's available for those who are over the age of 70 and a half, where you can actually not have to pay taxes on some of the distributions from your assets. And so, you know, I I think this whole charitable-minded thing, it really gives folks, a a lot of folks, a sense of purpose and maybe that sense of purpose that they might be lacking from from when they were working, you know, because if somebody's worked for a company for, you know, 20, 25, 30, 30 years or more, they have that sense of purpose because they're going somewhere every day they feel needed and all those kind of things. And for a lot of people, once they transition to retirement, there's that sense of, man, nobody needs me. So working with a charity uh, sometimes helps fill that gap. And so I would encourage anybody who finds themselves bored in retirement. Um, maybe people feel like they made the wrong decision to retire. Connect with a charity. There's a lot of great charities out there that could certainly use uh, use your help. So these are just five of the common motivations we see, but there's there's still plenty more out there. And, and again, everyone has their own reason for how they want to spend their money in retirement, what they're living for. You know, that's, that's the goal, right? And, and that's why Lee's there to try to help you reach that and build a plan that can help you achieve those uh, those goals and have confidence once you get there that everything is set for you to uh, to enjoy the lifestyle you want to. So again, if you want to schedule a, a time to sit down with Lee, talkwithlee.com is the website. Very easy to to click on that and uh, walk you through very quickly to set up a meeting and you'll be in no time sitting down and uh, speaking with Lee on whatever questions you have. You know, Lee, before you get out of here, I was kind of curious to get your thoughts on a little news. Uh, we like to try to hit on some headlines from time to time, but this recent headline kind of caught my attention a little bit and wanted to see what you thought. So job openings, um, we've, we've, it's been in the news a lot, right? There's been um, a lot of companies that have struggled to fill positions and you know job openings continue to go up, but many, many businesses, small businesses especially, are continuing to, to struggle to hire people right now. What do you think this means for the economy moving forward? Yeah, th- this part of the whole COVID, the the COVID impact has been a disaster for a lot of companies because we're 
continuing to pay people to stay home and people were just rewarding people for not going out and, and, and working. And, and I understand it from their standpoint, if you can sit at home and not go to work and get more money than you would going to work somewhere, it's just a backward system. So, so we've created this real inefficiency in, in the labor market and our government, because, you know, the government's, our, our government, in my opinion, I don't want to get politically uh, too political here on the show. Government messes up almost everything it touches. Uh, you know, I think the, the government does military extremely well. There's some other things, obviously. Uh, but, man, the, the government can't run a business. And so this mi- this mindset of just giving people checks to stay at home creates problems beyond what, what they think they're trying to solve. And so that's why you walk into any restaurant now. They struggle to serve people. They've got tables marked off and and some you can't even go in. It's only only to go orders. And so until until they stop handing out uh, checks to everybody, um, I think that's going to continue to be be a problem. Now, once things are totally open back up, will the economy move forward? I sure hope so. But you know we've got a got a lot of issues out there. So we'll just kind of keep monitoring that and and see how that goes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of restaurants even closing early. Because I think yeah. employees don't want to work past a certain time, and they really have, they have no flexibility in order to to accomplish that. So right, and and a lot of them are just really really overworked. I I was in a restaurant not too long ago, and I heard them two people talking, and they're like, "Our kitchen staff they're they're going to walk out if we don't get them help." And so that that restaurant in particular has closing chosen to close uh, one day a week just to give them give them an extra day off. So we'll see we'll see what the trickle down impact of that is going to be. Yeah, definitely something to monitor. And we will do that and we'll talk about it on future episodes of the podcast. Thanks for listening to My Retirement Clarity. Please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you listen. Got a new episode coming every couple of weeks and we'll look forward to talking to you again then. Lee, thanks for the time today as always. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.